Hey everybody, welcome back out to Scottsdale, Arizona. This is Letterman Live. This is the Doubletree Hotel. It's a makeshift Roosters. The bowl winners are out here. Uh, the Roosters Bowl giveaway out here for the college football playoff, the Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State and Clemson. Uh, so we're catching up with our good friends at Roosters this week and talking about the game with Tim May, who's finally arrived yeah. to join Boy, us. Yeah, my arm's tired. He yeah, flew in. He flew in. There it is. And he's also a stand-up comedian. We've missed him and Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, yeah, Frenchy. We've got the crew back together. I'm Dad Austin Ward. Uh, we're going to maybe, if anybody from Roosters that earned their way out here with the bowl giveaway has questions, we'll certainly take it from the audience. Uh, but otherwise, we'll fill the time like we normally do. Oh, yeah. Uh, media Day was this morning. And since as our daily update goes on, Justin Fields said he would no longer be talking about his knee after pronouncing himself 80 to 85% healthy. To talk about it yeah, anyway. there's only so much healthier it could get. Uh, people have speculated, we've talked about it all week long out here, if it's gamesmanship, how, what knee brace he's going to wear. And Tim, you, as you've paid attention to that before you got out here, what do you make of the situation? What does it mean for Ohio State? Oh, what I wish he'd said today, he said 80 to 85%. What, uh, on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I wish he'd said like it's 89 to 91%. <laughs> He's got a what, very specific readout. What does that mean anyway? You know, I mean, uh, from a flexibility, et cetera, standpoint. You know, I think he first said he had an MCL, not an ACL. You know, so who knows what what CL it is even? But uh, but the bottom line is, I make that he's going to go as hard as he can because he knows, along with everybody else, that he's the linchpin for this offense. And we'll see where it goes. This guy's a gamer. He's already proven that. He getting up and coming back into a game after going into the tent and then having yeah. what I called his Heisman moment there at Michigan. So you know he's going to give it the old college try and then some. Berm and I have both answered this question, uh, but also I'll put it to you, Tim, that the version that we saw in the second half in the rivalry game, the version with the heavy knee brace on against Wisconsin, I believe is still good enough to beat Clemson because he's proven what a quality passer he is. That he didn't really get a bunch of credit for that when he arrived. Yeah. He was a dual threat guy. Anything you got as a passer was a bonus. I think even if you're not looking at 100% Justin Fields, that's still a guy who can lead Ohio State. Notice I'm taking all that in as you're saying. My, <laughs> well done, my, my big question that's going to be answered in the first quarter of this game is how does Ohio State's offensive line match up against Clemson's this year no-name defensive line, which is, I think is undersold because mm -hmm. they've got some great athletes up front. Is, uh, is the chase going to be on? Is Isaiah Simmons going to be coming from all kinds of angles, et cetera? What, what is Brent Venable's? got up his sleeve to throw at Justin Fields to test him right. early because you know that's coming. So I'm going to withhold judgment on how good he can be. He will adjust as will the Austin offense as the game goes on. As we all know, Ryan Day has about – he could be a magician because he has all kinds of stuff up his sleeves. Right. Uh, but will they be able to get to those packages is what I'm interested in. I really think Ohio State may come out throwing bombs away. Could be totally wrong. It's interesting you talked about that first quarter, what Brent Venables throws at Justin Fields, how Ryan Day responds, Justin Fields responds. I talked to Urban Meyer this morning about that, and he said, similar to what you're saying, the first seven minutes determine this game for him, in his oh, yeah. mind. And that's, I think, especially given what Ohio State uh, has dealt with with their history in this series, even though I've said before it doesn't really matter. That matters a they, little bit. They, they're going to want to throw a punch. They don't want to absorb the first punch from Clemson. Clemson is 50-0 and 0 in their last 50 games when they've scored first. Is that good? That's pretty good. That seems good. Okay. So, yeah. You, hey, that's decent. So, <laughs> you need to be the team that, that comes out and, and does something early in this yeah. game. Clemson has the longest winning streak in the country. Ohio State has the second longest winning streak in the country. Like, these are two teams playing pretty darn good football. I don't know that one score in the beginning of the game is going to matter either way altogether. But 
certainly statistics are uh, interesting when you start talking about 50 straight wins yeah. if, if you score first. That seems like a lot. To well, me. it's a lot of ACC opponents, Berm. It doesn't. That's look- true. That's true. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields kind of blew, blew away for me uh, in that Michigan game, and this happened a couple other times. I've always judged quarterbacks like a starting pitcher. Those first couple of three innings, are you sharp? Meaning, are you hitting the strike zone? Are you throwing the ball where you're supposed to be throwing it? In Michigan, obviously, he wasn't doing that. Wisconsin, he definitely wasn't doing that. Right. And all of a sudden, the second half, you know, he was uh, Johnny Unitas. You know, he was better than Johnny well, that's a Unitas. Really weird analogy. Because he, he had more than Earl <laughs> Morrow going for it. That, would, that wouldn't have been the guy I pulled out no. the name. But I, I said I, Johnny his, Unitas didn't. He played football. He, he, yeah, but not baseball. Yeah, um, he no. Looked, but I'm talking about hitting the strikes. What zone. I'm saying is that if you go, <laughs> he, knew, he knew exactly what, what I'm about. saying is, as well, if you're a pitcher and you go the first three innings against Clemson, yeah. and you're not throwing strikes. You're going to be knocked out of the game well, by the time that uh, you know the fourth who was throwing strikes out around. here uh, three years ago was JT Barrett. I mean that offense. That offense moved the ball a lot that day. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the most fascinating subplots of this game, Tim. Is that uh, even if 16 doesn't matter? Yeah. The evolution of the offense no, since then. What you then. saw in 16 matters. That matters in every well, game. You know, is like what are you going to make third downs? Are you going to? What I mean is. That was the turning point for bringing Ryan Day in. Yes. So you have a clear measuring stick, whether it's whether Clemson has the same personnel on defense or not, which they probably don't. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Day wasn't in that game. He is in this game. You're going to know yeah. 16, how far the passing attack is. I think does matter more than people are, are wanting to say it does because obviously player personnel is different. But this is the same Clemson coaching staff. I mean, they're, they're, they yeah. still have the same philosophies. I mean, sure, they've adapted over the last few years, but – you can watch that film and see a little bit of what you expect them to do because this is the same staff. It's not like Ohio State where the, all of the coaches have been ter- turned over mm-hmm. in that time. Clemson is the exact same staff. Boys, I mean, boys, Clemson is built for this kind of game. They've got T, T. Higgins and the other kid, Justin, uh, they Justin get Ross. Yeah, Justin games, Ross, so. <laughs> who are both six foot 13. four. They're both six foot fours. They look like two Benjamin Victors out there, maybe a little more fleshed out. Yeah. Maybe not. They're a little, but they're built. To hit the edges. I mean, that's the way they beat Alabama last year was big plays to the edges in the passing game. This is, and they play ridiculous defense. They get after you. They don't always make the play on defense, but the next play they're going to come after you again in some form or fashion. And Ohio State now is built in similar ways, in my opinion. Remember, I asked Ryan Day at press conference back in Columbus about from that 2016 game, you know, what has changed about this Ohio State offense. Only because, oh, and he yeah. quickly, like we said, distanced Distance himself, himself from yeah. the 2016 offense. But pretty but much point, everything has changed. The point I was making is this Ohio State team is much better equipped to play in this kind of game and, than it was in 2016 because of its fleet of receivers and a running back who runs extremely hard. But the Ohio State defensive backs, as you talked about last year, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State has given up one outside touchdown all year long uh, against Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, right? Yeah. So that's where this game, I think, ultimately just – Gets one. I mean, I, I know. What did I say? What did I say? A ago? <laughs> the, the the best players in this game, um, for both sides, are going to be put in positions where they can make plays. Yeah. But Ohio State secondary may be the best in the country, but they also have the best best pass rush in the country, right? Yeah. Clemson's receivers may be the best in the country, but they also maybe have the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. So it's not like any one of these units is is there standing on their own. They're these are two absolutely complete teams from top to bottom and. Again, I agree. We've said it all week long. This is the premier matchup of the bowl season, 
and it's the game that has the two best teams in the and country. And in our, what, what's it called, outrageous, what it was it? Bold right? predictions. Yeah, yeah, bold bold predictions. That's what I put it on is that these games, are, these teams are so evenly matched, you have to have a guy rise up and make a player three. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, Clemson did against Alabama last year with those wide receivers. Yeah. They were they were as valuable, in my opinion, as Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, just yeah. he had to put it up to them, but they had to go up and get it. And that's what you. That's where Ohio State has. They have Chris Olave, who's made ridiculous plays. Garrett Wilson, who's just now blooming, really. You know, Benjamin Victor, who we talked about. He, you know, he he operates in the shadows, and suddenly in a big game, he makes the play that turns it. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Wisconsin, against Penn State last year, et cetera. So that's what has to happen. Yeah, and if there's a weak spot on this Clemson defense, it's the secondary. So I, I, I think that the concerns about whichever CL it is for for Justin Fields yeah. are, are 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 valid. But we know, I think, from today, the CL was – it's not a clever lie because uh, the fact that Ohio State told him, stop talking about this, clearly indicates to me that they're, they're trying to well, well, keep had, their Well, no, I just had a flashback to 2002, Maurice Claret, <laughs> that first day, and they told him to quit talking about it, and he talked about it more. Sorry. Well, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields did, right, yeah. did stop, but, but he, he, we had two days to go watch him on the practice field, and if, if this is some kind of ruse – no. then it's very elaborate because he had the heavy knee brace on. He was not comfortable walking around. Now, he wasn't – the same thing is true. Don't you agree that – remember the edict that was put out by Ryan Day, we will not talk about injuries at the beginning of the year? This is the most talked about injury of the year. Well, you can't – you can't, can't hide not. I know, I mean, you can't hide it. I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing, I mean, the way it, things come around. All right, we're going to take a, a quick break here on Lemon Live, brought to you by Roosters. Not having that Phoenix weather uh, participating for us out here as it's been all week, but we're going to uh, have a word from our friends at Roosters, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We've got Nicole Cox, our friend from Roosters. She's out here organizing the whole bowl giveaway. Not running on a lot of sleep, right? But it's, but that's, that's okay. it it's can't be better. It. It's we're, worth it. we're all out here having a good time with it Fiesta Bowl. Is, so. It's amazing. So we gave away 12 trips to the Fiesta Bowl, and all of them are here. They are all beyond wonderful. They're having <laughs> so much fun, which is so great. And we are just um, just so excited to be here and just so excited for the Buckeyes. <laughs> so it's going to be great. It's really cool to see them all out here. They're, you know, a little early happy hour, a couple days to spend out here. Hopefully they get better weather than we've had previously. Yes. But uh, it's going to be nice on Saturday still, night inside. We're standing out here. It's beautiful. I just have a light jacket on. It's it's so nice. So. It's, it's, it's nice. still warmer in Columbus right now. It's okay. Don't, don't listen to the weatherman over here. It's going to be uh, nice here the next couple of days, I'm telling you. <laughs> Nicole, it's really cool to see, you know, you mentioned all the bowl winners. You know, since we were here talking about it in August, you guys can win. It's like, okay, these guys actually did it. Like, it, they're real people. They're you know, they're all actually here. <laughs> yes, they are all here. And I'm, I'm excited for you to see all of them. They're all kind of scattered over here and um, with spouses or children. And it's been, it's been great. We had a little bit of a crowd before the rain chased us back undercover. But have you had time to think about your prediction for Saturday night yet? I have okay, a little what do, bit. What do we have? So I'm feeling it's going to be 37-21 Ohio State. Okay. Wow, that's a good pick. They, guys, thanks. All right. Because, you know, I work for a restaurant for a living, <laughs> so thank you. Well, and uh, that roost, those Roosters restaurants will be open on Saturday for watching yes, the game, right? So absolutely. that's the place. If you can't be out here with it's us. Saturday, New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day? Neither. It's the 28th. Oh, yeah. yes. 28th? Yes, we're definitely open. Okay. And Gonna... we're open New Year's Day as well. All right. Yep. Got those locations mm-hmm. for all your uh, bowl watching needs. We'll let Nicole get out of here and get back to the party. Thanks, thanks for joining guys, us. Thanks so much for being here with us. It's our we pleasure. We appreciate it so much. All so. right. You get some sleep. Yeah. 
It's fine. Guys, she's ready to go? Here. She's not short on energy. All right. Get, get back to the party, Nicole. We'll, <laughs> we'll try and match your score prediction from here on out. Awesome, guys. Thank you so, so much for having us. All right. We appreciate I may go, it. I may go with that pick. That's a good score. It's a good score. Are you going to steal that one? Yeah. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be right back here on Letterman Live. All right. Welcome back to Letterman Live. Final segment here uh, as our partners at Roosters keep the party going to get ready a couple days away from the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, you know, interesting, one of the, the guys that drew a big crowd this morning at Media Day, uh, Mike Yursich, as second year in a row. The wonder why, hey, wonder why that was. Yeah, the speculation heats up. Uh, it seems as if... Did you take the blame for it? Uh, no, I did not take the blame for that. But we've got, uh, you know, between the three of us, a bunch of different sources, uh, both uh, in Texas and in Columbus, suggesting that Yursich is leaning towards an exit, which uh, I don't know... It's a bit surprising since he's only been around for a year, but I think there's a lot of reasons why it might be a fit for him. But he said he's 100% focused on the Fiesta Bowl. Jeff Halfley said he is 100% focused on the Fiesta Bowl. I think that his timing is probably a little easier. He's already got the job, and he knows what he does and doesn't have to do for Boston College. I think it's easier than what Luke Fickle and Tom Herman had to go through. Yeah, but um, it's ironic that in 2016, Tim Beck was headed to Texas when they played Clemson. And Ohio State scored zip. Oh boy, history, history is repeating itself, no, Tim. I, no. I mean, you, you know, yeah, if it happens, right. then, it, then it does. But there is another similarity. It is very in, odd. There is another similarity in that Tim Beck was sort of being told exactly. it's okay if you want to go to Texas. Exactly. And I think that for fans who were freaking out and, and the Jeff Halfley news that pretty much rocked Ohio State football two weeks ago, this is not the same thing. Uh, this is a situation much more similar to Alex Grinch departing for Oklahoma a year ago where it's a guy that maybe just didn't have an opportunity to have a voice that he thought he was going to have this yeah. year. And the reason he didn't have that voice is because there's somebody else already uh, in that position that is doing a okay job in this instance, uh, not so much a year ago. Uh, but Kevin Wilson has, has maintained his role as Ryan Day's right-hand guy on the offense. Yeah. And Ryan Day And Ryan Day is the guy running the offense. Man, it, I, is so, it is difficult. I mean... And I'm not blaming ego for this because, guys, I mean, you know, you you kind of think you're going into a situation and it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. You're still getting paid really good money yeah. to do it. But then you've got another guy who's, let's face it, uh, Texas is desperate to get their situation fixed, as you can tell, yeah. by the wasteland that is the coach's offices down there, or was. And so and are about to be. Coming. Yeah, but yeah. then you're, you're still going to be working for a guy who the last time Ohio State won a national championship, he was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So, you know. Texas was pretty much given Tom Herman I'm talking about. To yeah. go get a young, up-and-coming offensive coordinator type. Yeah. And with the situation at Ohio State, with Ryan Day running the offense, Ryan Day essentially still coaching yeah. and recruiting the quarterbacks, uh, it became a situation where there's maybe too many uh, cooks in the kitchen. And this is an opportunity, as you alluded to yesterday or earlier this week, I, my days are all confused, um, that – Perhaps if Mike Yersich wants a chance to advance beyond this level of his career, now's the time to go. There, there's obviously not a great situation he's maybe walking into in Texas. but I hope he gets a, a three-year guaranteed contract because he might need yeah. that money security yeah. blanket after yeah. next year. But the, the other interesting part there, so my takeaway on that was that Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson are still in Columbus. Everything will be fine if they have to hire uh, a new quarterbacks coach. Jeff Halfley's a much bigger deal, and we've talked about Kerry Combs and the possibility of that happening later on. I, 
that's that's a conversation for probably after the Fiesta Bowl. But leading up to it, this is still very much Greg Madison and Jeff Halfley trying to handle their business. And, yeah. you know, he's only, you know, trying to devote one or two hours a night to Boston College because, as we talked about in the first segment, this is a huge test for Jeff Halfley and Madison. Anybody who doesn't think he's not into it are nuts because to have some little trophy behind you wherever, you know, in your, in your Boston yeah. College office, it's a national championship affiliation is huge. I mean, it's an, e- it's an ego run without a doubt, but it's huge as far as selling people on what you're all about, and you would be a major part of it, and of course he's he's very much into it. Tom Herman's job in recruiting at Houston was made yes. way easier because he was able to put a championship trophy behind his desk, and that helped him with guys like Ed Oliver, who was coming out uh, you know, of high school at that time yes. and decided to stay home and play for Houston. So Talk about if, a get. If Jeff Halfley <laughs> wants to have some sort of impact in the, in the Northeast, he's going to need to be able to walk in and show that, hey, I can win these big games especially in the ACC against a team like Clemson. So now if I was an ACC administrator, I might have waited till after this game to see how it goes, but uh, <laughs> that, that's just me. So um, They waited a long time in the first place. Why, why, do, uh, why do Ohio State coaches leave to take jobs where the school's name is named after a city, though, Cincinnati, Houston, <laughs> and Boston? I'm just, well, it's, it's very appealing. I know. Yeah. It is very appealing. The difference Tim. between Boston and Houston and Tom Herman taking that job, there were, like I told Tom Herman, there's a million football players within 100 miles of Houston. That's not necessarily the case at Boston. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, that's a Jeff Halfley thought it was a fit, and he took it. Uh, I, to me, I might have waited if I had his defensive mind and the potential to make a million bucks at yeah. Ohio State for another year. But you never know when those shots are coming. Yeah, that's right. You never know what's going to happen or what's going to happen on Saturday. So, Tim, Berman and I have had this conversation a lot this week, and we've looked at the various units for the Buckeyes and which ones are going to be most important. You've had a couple days to brainstorm and think about it yourself. When you look at this matchup, we already talked about that secondary, but is there one that we haven't broke down much that you think is going to be a difference maker in well, this matchup? I mean, I'm just going back to my original premise. I think the offensive line, we've seen the offensive line rise to the occasion, sometimes slower than other times this year, but always rise to the occasion. I think that, I think that is the seminal point for Ohio State in this, in this game because the last time, and I'm, not bringing, I'm bringing up history only because when you score zero points, you have no chance of winning any game, yeah, you know, unless the other one scores zero and you get to go to OT. Which, <laughs> okay, you, <laughs> but you see where I'm going right. with that. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how this Ohio State offensive front, Josh Myers, led by Josh Myers and company, Wyatt Davis, who you guys broke the story earlier uh, about Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis say they're coming back for next year, which yeah. is a big, big it's a deal. Huge deal. Uh, but I'm interested to see how they hold sway against a Clemson front that even the people who covered Clemson say has been a little bit suspect this year, but is talented. Yeah, that's uh, – That will set up everything else. we got to make sure that we give credit to Spencer Holbrook for tracking that down uh, with Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis. Of course, they can always change their mind by January 15th, uh, 16th, 17th, three days after that. Yeah. Uh, but those – you know, what Wyatt Davis said was very clear. Uh, he didn't care about the feedback. He said he was coming back. Uh, Josh Myers did not, uh, as Berm had another conversation with him, didn't even put in for draft evaluation feedback. That tells you where his mindset is at. And there was actually one more person right. on that and offensive line. And Lundford did the same thing. And, you know, as we talked about on Wednesday. Dude, uh, if they on, get all those guys back. That's a, that's a huge deal. They could have lost all five guys. Right. As we talked about on Wednesday, Sayers, a guy that a year ago we kind of felt like was almost destined to be an early departure. And here he is now. He, and he told me today, he's like, 
he just needs to show what he can do when he's healthy, and he yeah. hasn't had that opportunity. Yeah. And so then you add those guys coming back with Jonathan Cooper coming back, and all of a sudden there's a, a, a veteran core coming back that you didn't expect. But yeah. I want to ask a question. Uh, I don't get to do this often, but how much extra weight do you think the fact that Ohio State didn't score in 2016, knowing that Ryan Day was brought in to remedy that, how much extra weight, how much pressure do you think he's putting on himself to put a really different game plan together for, for Saturday? On my podcast this week, I had Kirk Herbstreit on, and he said one of the things they're going to feature, he kind of scooped himself, they're going to have cameras on Brent Venables and on Ryan Day as plays are being called and and adjustments are being made on the other side and how late's the play going in and does Venables get something called. That's the chess match. Who wrote? You, you wrote about that this yeah. week also yeah. on LettermanRoad.com. It's excellent. And, and that is the essence of this game, man. I mean, you know, uh, I am very, very eager to watch this game because I these are two guys that are pretty damn sharp at what they do. And it's it's really that way on the other side too. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're talking about extra pressure berm i would say that the pre-practice speech on tuesday tells you exactly how serious ryan day is taking this and tim has written and talked about this a number of times throughout the season that his playbook his ipad his bucket as he actually calls them of plays it's as deep as you're gonna find i think he got the 264 gig it's uh but but a lot of it but a lot of it is not insanely complex and i think that you know, people talk about Venables disguising coverages and being, you know, creative with his blitzes, but I would, I would think he describes it the same way. Just my experience of being around him a couple times in these games, he doesn't view it as that complex and that complicated. What I think is interesting is Don Brown, okay, Dr. Blitz, right? Michigan's defense coordinator. That the last I think he should have his license taken away. The last two years, that defense has been pretty much regarded as one of the two or three best in the country all year long until they get to Ohio State, right? Yeah. All week long, all we've heard and read is that Brett Venables wants to blitz, blitz, blitz Justin Fields. And I'm thinking, like, is that what you want to do when they scored 118 points and yeah. put up 1,200 yards against Michigan in the last year? Here's, 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 this is what Brent Venables is all about. He's not so much he does want to he does want to occasionally get a sack. But what he wants, because if you look at their sack numbers, they're not that high compared to Ohio State. But what he wants the quarterback to do is be thinking about something other than what he should be thinking right. about as the play begins. And that's where he that's where his genius That's where his genius lies. Comes bottom line, that's where we talk about attacking the edges. There's only so many guys you can put on the edge. <laughs> and that's where that's why you have to do that. But but the bottom line is if Justin Fields can divorce himself from a lot of this what what Urban Meyer used to call eye candy going on in front of him and see what they're really in. That's where you make your hay. Bottom line, players win games, right? I yeah. mean, the schemes are there. You have two great minds offensively, defensively. Obviously, Clemson's offense has been pretty darn good, too. Jeff Halfley's proven to be pretty – I just – I'm just so excited for this game. <laughs> yeah. So excited. I am, too. You know, it's funny because uh, you guys wrote – I think it was uh, Blue Man wrote the story. Uh, Chaz wrote the story about the uh, chips on everybody's shoulders. I was yeah. thinking this game ought to be sponsored by Pringles. <laughs> you know, you Pringles I mean, there's a ton of Pringles in the media bad. hospitality Both suite. Yeah. Debo Sweeney could have a Pringles hat. It's too bad Tostitos doesn't still uh, yeah. sponsor I mean, the Fiesta Bowl. Debo Sweeney, God, I hear that. We got We got some visitors. You talk about people. You talk about being excited for us to cover this game. Obviously, we got we got 24 people back here that are pretty excited for this one as well. 
Congrats to the Roosters Bowl winners back here. Nicole's got the sign to walk. You guys have any predictions back here? Who's going to win on Saturday night? Okay, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, that's all of them there. Predicting an Ohio State win, uh, hanging out with us on Letterman Live. Appreciate these guys all supporting Roosters and getting a big win. Roosters for bringing us Letterman Live and hanging out with you guys. We're going to have more coverage at Letterman Row uh, heading up to the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday night. Ohio State and Clemson, congratulations to all these guys, and we'll see them there on Saturday.